Hey busy little bees, welcome to Bee's Creative Asylum, a place to rest your artistic soul. I'm Bee and this week we're going to be talking about creative feedback. How to accept creative feedback. Last week we talked about how to give creative feedback and the week before that I gave some pretty bomb copywriting advice. But this week I want all of the bosses and entrepreneurs to go ahead and leave the room. I have some things I need to say to creatives. This might get a little rough, y'all, but we, we, gotta, we gotta come to terms with some stuff, okay? Creative feedback should not be painful every single time you get it. If it's coming in painful, if it's making you feel a certain type of way, that's because you're not in control of who you are, what you do, or where you're trying to go. I'm going to give advice for all of this and how to really get ahead of this and lead your creativity. Because if you're not leading your creativity and you're letting whoever's giving you feedback lead your creativity for you, what are you doing? You, of course, are going to be emotional because somebody else is leading your life when honestly you're in charge, you're the expert, and you have to find that sweet spot where you're not overthrowing where you're not like dude you're doing this fucking wrong or that's so ridiculous you know when you when you do too much versus when you don't do enough when you just let people run over you and you're a yes man uh it took me a long time to get through that journey <sighs> but i think i'm finally in a good place for it and i'd really love to give my two cents about how i got there so, yes, you need to be sensitive to hit your sweet spot. We all know that you need to be sensitive to really feel the audience and feel the work. That's what makes the best creatives, I believe, and the best storytellers. Um, so I'm not really talking to the earth signs or the air signs. If You, you should really learn astrology if you're creative because it'll really help you knowing what your sign is. The fire signs and the water signs, y'all are emotional as fuck. I'm emotional as fuck. I'm a water sign. We need to hone it in and keep ourselves in line uh, because this is how we're really going to grow. Um, you have to have the courage to stand up and take back control uh, without getting your feelings hurt because when your feelings are hurt, productivity stops. Okay, just like I told uh, entrepreneurs and note givers last week that they need to like be very aware of if they're even good at what they're doing you need to be very aware of if you're really as good at what you're doing as you think you are because a lot of times we think we like put this huge um barrier between us and our work or between us and feedback that's going to help us grow we put this huge barrier between us and feedback that's actually going to help us grow. It might hurt a little bit, but it's going to help us grow. Go back to the haters episode if you haven't heard it. There I really kind of explain how I'm in a busy office right now, so it's going to be kind of crazy. If you go back to the haters episode, I really explain uh, how, you know what, a hard situation can help you grow. Uh, okay. So let's jump right into it. I'm going to give you three different ways and then we'll... La, la, la. I have all my notes. Okay, first, I need you to have a system uh, and questions ready for when you start a project. Uh, anytime, whether when I worked at a company, when I worked at an ad agency, and now when I work with clients, I sit my ass down with my little notes notebook 
and I have a series of questions because I need to know, I'm, I'm very forward thinking as a person and I want to know every single thing I need to know from them before I even waste time starting a project. A lot of times people, especially junior marketers when I was working with them, as soon as I told them what the project was, they were like, cool, I got it. And they would get up and start to leave and I'd be like, hold up, Haas, you got some stuff you need to ask me. And I would lead them through each question um, so that they could fully understand what was going on in my head. And that's how I taught them how to, how to like come at these things. What you should do is once you ask all these questions, then at the end of this, I need you to repeat exactly what the project is back to your client, boss, whoever. R repeat it back to them. Make sure you're looking them square in the face. Make sure that they verbally agree with everything you say. That way, one, that's going to cover your ass if they come at you with some other bullshit later on and be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't do that. Yeah, no, you did. Here's the verbal confirmation. You got to ask for examples too. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you're afraid to ask questions, like how are you going to learn? And everything should be about learning. One of the best pieces of advice I was given in college was you should be growing or you should be going. I think I've said that already, but I'm going to say it in every fucking episode if I have to. You should be growing or you should be going, okay? If the person giving notes can't mentor you or you can't mentor them, we're both in trouble. Okay, so second... I need you to decide the best form of communication for you and this person, okay? Because everyone has different types of communications they like. When I get a new client, I always ask each person on the team, you know, what communication style do you prefer? I love when they're like, dude, shoot me an email. I'm like, fuck yeah, emails are so much better than meetings. Most meetings could be emails. Seriously. Seriously, you guys. Anyways. Some, some meetings are very important, but especially at companies and corporations, dude. Oh my goodness. The amount of meetings I got pulled into at previous companies and I just sat there bored as fuck. Or a lot of times I just started bringing my laptop so I could do work while I was in there because it was just people sucking each other's own dicks. Sorry for the fucking crazy visual, but it was just like going back and forth on ideation that was unnecessary. We're just like going to get in each other's ass because everyone in the room feels like they have to say something. I will not say something in a meeting if... I am not going to add value. I will sit there quiet as fuck and you could call on me like a second grade if you want to know what I what I uh, what I'm thinking about. And that's usually how you get called on. That's usually how you know you're good at what you do is you don't need to place your opinion. I'll wait until my opinion's burning me so bad that I need to say it. A lot of times I'll just let people talk in circles around me. They'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth even though I already know the answer and it's not what anybody in the room's talking about. So I'll just sit there and I'll wait. <laughs> and I know that's not very productive and that seems a little bitter, but I mean, it is what it is. I don't like meetings. Give me an email. So like, dude, comments on a Google Drive, comments on a Google Doc are great, but just make sure you keep it positive and you don't like beat the shit out of the person with the comments. Like make sure you send an email that's like, dude, this was great. I just had some notes. Uh... You know, if you get an email that's like 97 comments, you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my damn. Lead the feedback giver into this because you know what? A lot of people forget and miss. Giving feedback is a learned skill, just like creating uh, art is a learned skill. You do not know how to give great feedback 
um, immediately. And a lot of times, especially if you work in agencies and stuff where the account managers are coming in and out, especially if you work with junior clients, I work with startup clients, dude, notes, I have to teach everyone from scratch how to work with me and other creatives because if they don't learn these things, they're never going to get the exact stuff they want. You know, I'll sit there and I'll tell them, I'll be like, dude, if your creatives are not bringing a notebook, if they're not writing notes actively while you're in a meeting, you better watch out because these people are only here for the, the money. They're not here for the passion of what they're doing and making sure that they do a good job. Set tangent. So once you do that, you send this with guidance, right? Send it with guidance, you know, say, I'm not sure about this headline. I don't know if the flow here, if I should move this up or down, especially on the first round of uh, notes with somebody, because you want them to feel comfortable giving you notes. A lot of times people are like nervous about giving me notes. So they wait days and days to give me feedback. And then they give me five minutes to turn around notes because they've just like put it off till the last second. And they expect me to jump the moment they send it back. I usually turn notes around really fast just because I want to get it off my docket. But like, I can't promise you I'm going to get this to you in two hours because you had it for a week and a half and you were too nervous to tell me what you actually need to say, okay? And now your boss is like, where the fuck is this thing that I, we spent a lot of money on, okay? That that actually isn't for creatives. That's Let's just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> okay. So you just got to be careful with this um, because if you can't find a good rhythm or style with the person giving notes, they're not going to help you grow. And again, growing or going, I get bored of jobs very easily. That is one of my uh, symptoms of a lot of like ADD type of shit. You know, I have mental disorders and that's part of it, but... It's also because a lot of companies, they want to do the same shit over and over again. They find something that works and they're like, let's build a system and just keep doing that. And that to me is so boring. I've actually been in job interviews. One time I was in a five hour job interview. I interviewed with like every single person who worked at that fucking company, I swear. And these people were stoked about me working there. They were like planning their day. They were so excited about how I was going to help them because I was explaining all the things I could do. And as I was explaining all the things I could do in my head, I was like, dude, all these things I can do, it's not exactly what I want to do. Uh, and a lot of what they're telling me sounds repetitive. So then when I got to the big cojona at the end, we sat and talked for a long time and he straight up said, he said, I think you're going to get bored here. And that's my biggest concern because I have to invest a lot of money to onboard you. And I told him straight up, I was like, honestly, I feel exactly the same way. Even if I had your job, you have a board of people who's going to hold, who's holding you back. I can tell from just how you're talking. You're almost a little bitter yourself. These people are holding you back from growth and new ideas and stuff because they like what they're doing so much um, even though it's no longer working the way it did before they're not ready yet they're not in a desperate enough situation for those really creative new new ideas and I was really thankful for him saying that and I was really thankful for my ability I, I was really glad I, I had the ability to be able to recognize that and that that wasn't the position for me learn that about yourself you know I love direct response writing 
I love direct response writing because it gives you an opportunity to connect with the customer. It gives you an opportunity to connect with um, the competition and to be in competition. I like competition. I'm addicted to it and I have to be careful in my personal, you know, my real life, personal and my business and stuff not to compete. But with direct response, like landing pages, dude, that's my job to compete. I got to come up in here with some better argument than you. And I could have been a lawyer seven days a week. (laughs) I was amazing at debate club. Don't play with me. I'll debate you till the end of time. I love, I'll pick up a direct response job any day of the week because it's fun to me. It keeps me going. You need to figure out what those little things are for you. Because then by the time you get to the feedback, you're so passionate about the work, you're not in your feelings, you're into growth. You want to make that landing page better. You want better sales. You actually, direct response is the only time I give, no, direct response and email marketing are usually the only time I give a shit about sales. Other than that, I'm like, oh, we did good, cool, cool. And I know a lot of you are like, sales are everything, data is everything. Nah, I'm an empath. Customer's everything. Trust is everything. The story is everything to me. I can make sales convert from those three things right there. You need the data to know if you're working. I can reach the customer on a different level. That's something unique. And there's not a lot of marketers doing that right now. And I guarantee that's why I'm successful at some of the things I do that other people aren't. Now, there are other people who are very successful because they love the numbers and they look at the numbers and I appreciate and respect those people, but that's not how I want to work. I don't want to, I don't want a spreadsheet to tell me if I'm doing my job right. I want a customer who has a need and it's fulfilled properly with the least amount of effort on them where they actually understand and get the help they need and deserve the first shot out. That's telling me if I'm doing a good job. That's telling me if I'm successful. That retention rate of customers coming back, that's letting me know. But that's just how I am. I'm not, you know, I'm not for everyone. I'm not like everyone. All right, so this is a big one. Okay, you guys ready? The third thing I want you to do, I'm doing everything in threes. I'm really liking this. I think in season two, it's all going to be threes too. And I'm going to really hone that system. So the third thing you got to do is read the notes. And then I want you to process the emotions you're getting from those notes, especially if you're a junior, especially if you get in your feelings a lot, especially if you get defeated, if you suffer from imposter syndrome, all that stuff, read the notes and then process the emotions. I usually read notes, then I take my ass somewhere outside and ground myself in nature, especially if it's a particular hard set of notes It's or if I have to be in a meeting, I try to put a notes meeting right before lunch so I can get the fuck out of there and breathe. Uh, if you've ever been in a notes meeting where you've had to frame fucking entire like 45 minute video, by the end of it, you feel like a crackhead and you have like 10 pages of written notes. I write all my notes and it used to drive my bosses crazy. But when I write something, it sticks in my memory better than if I type it. And I know that for sure. And I used to write it and then transpose it and then do it. Now I write it and just do it. And if my bosses want, you know, want to know something sometimes i'll record a meeting if it's like a very big piece i'll record the meeting i'll be like well here's 10 seconds of what you said you need to get give yourself some space to figure out how what your emotions are now there are three core emotions with feedback and i'm going to explain them to you right now Uh, this is going to change your creative career if you can understand how to do this right here this changed my creative career this allowed me to 
to have the confidence to go into notes and not let that defeat me out of the entire business, okay? And I've seen this happen to multiple junior creatives and it breaks my heart because they're so talented, but they just defeat themselves. So the first thing, the first emotion that could come up within notes is fear. And that is fear of rejection. I need you to understand that, fear of rejection. So fear of rejection is a DNA-based reaction. This is in our DNA from thousands of years ago. There's there's research on it. Thousands of years ago, if you were rejected from your tribe, you died. You were just murdered. You were kicked out the game. This is one of the worst fears. And it's because you usually it happens when you don't know the client well or it's a new client. You got to face the fear head on, okay? What's the worst thing that can happen to you? What's the worst thing that can happen in a rejection? You lose your job. You lose your client. That's the worst thing that can happen today. I promise you what that actually means is that you're going to be removed from a situation that wasn't for you and that you weren't going to grow on because they didn't understand your creative style and they weren't willing to communicate to learn it. You would have just been stressed out continuing to be there and through that whole process, it would have been awful. So the best case scenario, if you have a fear of rejection in notes meeting is to lose your job or to lose that client because it opens up your space for guess what? A new job, a new client, the type of shit you need and want. Come at me, come at my neck. I know you got bills to pay and shit and I know that's important, but what's more important is your peace of mind when you go to work. What's more important is having people who respect you enough to understand you, to ask questions, to get what you need. If you got disrespectful motherfuckers giving you disrespectful ass notes, I have a system for this, okay? I call it one, two, three, you're out. So one, you got to decide what your notes are going to be. One, you talk to your immediate boss or client or whoever and you give them your notes problem you let them know what the issue is with how they're giving you creative feedback if they ignore you or if they're rude to you then you wait and you do it in front of their boss them and their boss don't do it in front of your employees or any other employees they have just you two do it right in front of that boss so that boss understands what the issue is because a lot of times they're going to try to undercut you uh, to their boss when it's them who they don't know how to give creative feedback in a way that's going to keep the project moving And so they have their own fears and that's going to be an issue. So go ahead and just let them know. The third time I'm out, if if they come at me again rude, I'll let the client out of a contract. I'll walk away. I'll quit a job. You can't sit in that. You can't grow in that. All right. So the second thing is your shame of defeat. So shame is of, shame and creativity usually comes from you not fully understanding whatever work you were trying to have. So, or you fucking up. Sometimes we fuck up. We don't fully flesh out an idea. Our grammar's off. We we submit something half-chewed, right? You gotta forgive yourself. That's all you can do in this situation. If you get a shit ton of notes and you know you fucked up, you gotta forgive yourself because what that's gonna do is put you back into the fear mode and that fear mode of fear of losing a job, fear of rejection, whatever. So you have to sit down and you have to, my best piece of advice is if you're in shame of defeat and you got some really hard notes, go ground yourself in nature and then sit your ass down and get every single note out. 
you prove to yourself, you're not even proving to other people at this point, you prove to yourself that you can do it and that you're worthy of doing it. The longer you let those notes sit, the harder it's going to be to complete them because your mind is going to start to defeat you. We go through the lower part of our creativity where we start to feel like an imposter and we start to think we're not good enough. You are good enough. You made a mistake. Making mistakes in your job and in creativity is perfectly fine as long as you're strong enough to overcome it and admit that you made this mistake and admit that you have to do better. And what that is usually is figuring out where you fucked up. Sometimes it comes from at the beginning when you don't have the right system or when you don't understand the project fully. And that all goes back to how you get assigned that project and those questions you ask at the beginning of being assigned. Okay, so the last emotion that's going to come with notes and creative feedback is going to be frustration. If you can pinpoint your frustration, frustration is usually when you're, um, you're almost at the, end of a, at the end of a project. You're almost at the end of a client relationship. You're almost at the end of a job because frustration comes from lack of understanding. Again, you didn't understand the project to begin with. You didn't understand the job frustration also comes with lack of inspiration so you're not being inspired the way you maybe were before because again maybe you're doing the same thing over and over repetitively if I did that I would be bored as shit I wouldn't be able to stay at the company that's why I'm not employable at, at regular jobs or companies anymore I I'm not a people pleaser anymore I had to stop you got to ask yourself if this is the right place or move for you and you got to be willing to make big moves because you're, that frustration is going to keep building up, okay? And it's going to blow up in a very bad way, a very self-destructive way for your entire career and that company you're working for. And they don't deserve that. You don't deserve that. No one deserves that. So you got to determine what the frustration's from. It might also be stemming from the fact that the person giving you notes doesn't understand the project. They're not organized or they don't know how to give notes again it is very frustrating getting notes that are like i don't like this that helps no one that doesn't help the process it doesn't help the project you need to get notes that are from a positive place and that and that are from a place of understanding not a place of anger or frustration you sit down and talk to your note note giver here and wait until your frustration has gone away i usually wait like if, if i'm super pissed at notes i wait two hours and then i pinpoint the for like if it's frustration if it's fear or if it's shame and then i go and make decisions from that i will reply to whatever email or whatever once you understand this process and you're able to deactivate your emotions within the notes quickly which is what happens if you can go, okay, I'm ashamed because of this, or oh, I'm afraid of this, or I'm whatever. You can push through, get the notes done, get the project out, and then really be able to determine if this is the right place for you to continue. Always get the work done, always get the project out, unless you're being just like super disrespected. Uh, and then again, reassess your situation, see if it's time to grow, but never answer, never apply to your client or or your boss or anything from a place of frustration and if they're coming at you from a place of frustration and they're demanding an answer deactivate the situation and get out of there immediately do not let them back you into a corner so that they can get some sort of reaction from you because that's exactly what they want at that point they want to be the victim of the story that they're creating about you in their head okay guys 
so for your activity this week, what I want you to do is I want you to go ahead and get the copy that you're doing for your website and your business and your brand all together. And I want you to get notes. Get notes from somebody who you know is a great note giver and then get notes from somebody who um, you know is going to be a little bit more difficult and that you're going to have to lead. Try that process and see how that emotionally uh, works with you. That's going to help you. Also, maybe give notes to somebody this week. That will help you again. My nonprofit shout out for this week is going to be 826 National. They're a wonderful student-based publication nonprofit. And they're doing like tutoring workshops, field trips, and they're actually publishing kids' books. And I think that's amazing. Info, again, is going to be in the show notes. The creator for this week is going to be God First Illustrations with an S and a Z um, on Instagram. He's doing some really cool um, art art that is like an animated real-life art that I haven't seen in the game. But I know in advertising in particular will be huge. It, it's where we're moving anyways right now. This animation trend in graphics is coming strong. But what he's doing looks so realistic that it's super cool. It's almost like a painting. Go check him out. I know he's taking freelance stuff right now. Uh, as always, you can find me at Be Lifted Creative on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, and Be Lifted for my personal. And then Bobby Joe stuff for my personal. We are Be Lifted Creative. And you can find us at BeLiftedCreative.com. Thank you guys for your thank you guys for your time. I hope you guys have a great week, my busy little bees.